Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's episode, we are joined by Sarah Steele. Those of you who are on TikTok and IG may know her as the corporate mama. I love her so much. I have been a fan of hers for a while now. I think her content is hilarious and relatable, and it blends that world of like satire, makes you laugh, and like, oh shit, I've experienced that exact thing. The reason I really wanted to have her on is not only because I love her content, but she also works as a corporate marketing director. I fully cannot comprehend how she has a full-time job and is creating this much content, but somehow she makes time. And I think a lot of the community of listeners, specifically those of you who are parents, are working in the corporate world. And I try to share how I manage balancing work and being a mom, but I also fully realize that my job is different than many. So I loved having Sarah on to kind of pick her brain on things that she has found helpful to do in navigating this world of a corporate working mom, what she struggles with, best practices for managers, what you can do moving forward if you are managing, whether you're managing parents or managing people who are taking care of their sick parents or just the fact that like we have a life outside of our corporate job. So I really love this episode. I know you guys will love Sarah. We dive into all of that, plus dealing with ADHD as a parent, the postpartum rage and overstimulation, and so much more. So without further ado, here is Sarah. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle and friends, talk about life's odds and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have unfiltered conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Frickle Food, and friends. Sarah, I'm really excited to have you here because this is our first time meeting. Yes. And I followed you for a while, probably like over a year-ish, but then recently we started DMing yeah. and chit-chatting. And I relate to a lot of your content in the sense of overstimulation, dealing with like overstimulation anger almost, like yeah. the rage aspect yeah. of things, and ADHD. And I also love your content around being a working mom. And I have so many questions because yes, I have a job and I work and I've now like come to terms with accepting that my work is a job, but it's not a corporate job sure. in the sense of what a lot of my community is doing. Mm -hmm. And so I do think I can relate and speak to a side of being a working mom, but then there's a side that I'll never understand and I'll never be able to speak to because I'm not working for someone else or on like a corporate schedule type sure. of thing. So you're not only working and being a mother, but then you're also a content creator, which like to me is mind-blowing. 
where do you feel you have found balance and where do you feel you're struggling? Because I don't think we ever really feel balanced. I fully agree. I say it all the time, actually. I think that work-life balance is a myth that someone somewhere created (laughs) in this effort to like perpetuate the idea that women should like just be happy and feel balanced all the time, especially now that we need to rely more heavily on women to work. But I I really don't. What I look for instead is work-life fulfillment. And that's something that was really instilled in me by my mom, who has been in the corporate world for forever. She just retired this past year. And while she didn't, of course, have any idea what I'm doing from a social media standpoint, she was crazy busy traveling globally my entire childhood, but was also team mom on my cheerleading things. And she was making sure my tests were done. And my dad actually stayed home and he supported her in that way so that she could work. So I think I grew up knowing that some semblance of that was possible because she was also super happy and had girlfriends and did girls trips and all these things that you would look at someone and say, how is a normal human doing this? And so I kind of whether it's a chip on my shoulder in a bad way or a good way, I yeah. kind of went into it knowing that it was possible. And I, instead of trying to find a balance between all of it, just focus on what's bringing me the most joy or fulfillment right now, or what am I getting the most out of, knowing that sometimes that's going to mean work has to take a bit of a backseat and I'm going to coast because I'm having an issue with my son's school or mm-hmm my home life needs more focus. Or sometimes it's my husband is going to be holding down the fort because I have four work trips in the span of six weeks. And I also have three brand deals at the same time. And I just need help. So I'd, I'd say it's it changes by the day, but it's certainly not balanced. What do you feel is the hardest aspect of being a mom in the corporate world and like navigating that? Because I know I struggle, again, trying to balance everything, but, you know, the thing that I find most difficult for me personally is that my schedule is the most flexible out of our relationship, and I don't know the structure of your husband's work, but if anything comes up, like, it typically falls on me because it's like, oh, my work is flexible, and that's something I struggle with, but I think that there's so many other things that women are struggling with when they are in a less flexible, more corporate structure on, like, a day-to-day. What do you think the most difficult aspect of it is? I think the most difficult aspect of managing being a mom while having a job where you are beholden to other people's times and expectations is the unexpected. I Mm -hmm. think oftentimes you have a kid who is sick or there's maybe an issue at school that day or school randomly closes or you have a night where you were in and out of your kid's room eight times and you're exhausted and you just don't feel like you're operating at your best when you start the day. And it's the inability to kind of manage those external factors that I sometimes find myself thinking like, man, it would have really been nice to be able to focus all day without having to also do this. Or I could have spent more time on that, you know, after I had dinner, if I wasn't doing bath and bedtime and going back in six, seven times, because suddenly we're in a week long, I want mommy at bedtime 10 times phase. <laughs> so it's just the unpredictability of it, which the way my brain works, I also get kind of like thrown off keel when that stuff comes up and mm-hmm. I spiral a little bit. I feel like, and I'm curious from your perspective as 
an employee, and I don't know if you manage people as well, but this is something I'm always interested in because I watch my sister as a manager and I like overhear her speaking sometimes because lately she's been coming over to help me like take care of our child. Yeah. But what do you feel you found managers do well? Because I love some of your content around this where you're like the chill manager who yeah. totally gets it, like the satire commentary. What do you think some of your managers have done well? And if anyone's listening who is managing other working moms can continue to do? And then what do you think some managers have done horrifically that make it way harder? Sure. I have been really lucky in my past few roles to have managers who were also parents of small children of similar age to mine. So I think they were super understanding and flexible when they could be and just being empathetic to the situation. But managers, regardless of whether they have children and regardless of whether you're managing someone with children, I think the best thing they can do, and and I am a manager and manage people who do and don't have kids, is I think just be understanding that as humans, as people, everyone has their shit that comes Mm -hmm. up and needs that flexibility, whether it's you have two young kids or you have a sick elderly parent or you have some other life commitment that comes up everyone is going to need some of that time. I think what managers can do really poorly is they almost slap kind of a scarlet letter on working moms as if they are unreliable or less committed if they have an issue that comes up and they need to be out of work or take some time away to go deal with children. Whereas if, you know, Jeff were to do the same thing, they're kind of this like, oh, all-star dad and look how amazing you are for helping your family out. And then they'll kind of position it as like, well, just because you have kids, everyone else on the team shouldn't have to pick up the slack when it's really everyone needs support from everyone. And that's the idea of, you know, what we're pushing for when we talk about supporting moms. It's it's equity. It's it's giving everyone the same opportunity to do a great job at work because everyone has their own thing. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens, a brand you know I am obsessed with. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every single morning. You want to know the best way to start your day? By prioritizing your health. For me, that is what my morning routine is all about. And sure, I'm talking about my mental health, which is why I meditate and journal and have this time to myself, but also physical health. My mornings, as you know, are my vital me time that set the tone for the rest of the day and put me in the right headspace to take on everything I have on my calendar. One of the main players in that routine is Athletic Greens. I gave AG1 a try because I heard about it in a podcast ad just like this, and I was super interested in making my health a priority. This was almost probably more than four years ago. I didn't feel like I was getting in enough nutrients with my diet, so I was super interested in the supplement, but then I became hooked when I learned AG1 is way more than greens. I take AG1 in the morning immediately after I meditate and while I write down my morning thoughts before I work out, and it makes me feel like I'm prioritizing my health and doing something good for my body first thing in the morning. As always, if you are pregnant like me, I recommend consulting with your medical professional prior to taking AG1, as this is a personal experience for everyone. If you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash FFF. That's athleticgreens.com slash FFF to check it out. Trust me, these travel packs will come in handy whenever you are on the go because I always have them with me. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
In this episode, Sarah and I talk a lot about our mental health and the balancing act that is parenting. It is so easy, especially as a parent, to put everyone else's needs before your own. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us running on empty and in the end, unable to truly help anyone, especially ourselves. That is why therapy is so important to me. It is my dedicated weekly me time where I'm focused on giving myself time alone to work through whatever is currently happening in my life. As Sarah and I discuss in this conversation, navigating parenting with ADHD can come with its own set of challenges. Something I personally work on with my therapist is how to react during situations of overstimulation and how I can best set myself up for success. For me, that looks like having dedicated time to myself in the mornings to set the tone for the day, spending time outdoors as early as I can with my morning mental health walks, and using breathing techniques to get through moments of frustration, something I am actively working on teaching my son as well. It is really so interesting to observe a child's behavior during frustration because it's really how I wish I could react and how my subconscious would allow me if I hadn't learned these tactics. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Cameron today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Cameron. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworkers promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. I forget where I heard this and like, obviously I don't have concrete evidence, but I heard that it's the way that employers will rank almost employees is a male with children is like the best type of employee to have. Then it's a male without children. Then it's a female without children. Then it's a female with children. And I go back even to my corporate world days and thinking of there were some men on the desk who had kids Mm -hmm. and some of them were very family oriented men. And, you know, one specifically would try to make sure that they could leave to coach the practices and all this stuff. And even the dynamic on the desk was like, wow, he's such a super involved dad. Like, that's awesome. And meanwhile, I was supporting two working moms as their like right hand with all of their work. And I just knew firsthand the inner voices that were going on with them and what was being said about them when they were leaving Mm -hmm. of like, well, shit, I can't make this because I can't leave early because I left early two weeks ago to go to that doctor's appointment. And if I go again to go to this parent-teacher conference, then people are going to like look at me this way. And it's such a fucked dichotomy. Yes. And it really sets up for so much failure. And I don't think... This is even a conversation I've had with a lot of my friends who are males whose partners have just given birth, mm-hmm. where we're like, it's been so eye-opening for them, and I hope that only every male partner can experience this, where it's like, wow, I never really understood what the females I was working with who were moms or who were newly postpartum coming back from maternity leave were experiencing until I watched my partner go through it, and it gave them a new 
profound perspective on what these other working women are going through. And, you know, hopefully as this generation gets older and my friends are then in positions of managing people, that changes the way that things are handled. But like, what is the answer? I mean, no one has an answer, but like, I just, I don't know what we do moving forward to help this cause. I know. I think, I mean, for starters, the bare minimum is just flexibility for all teams. I think it's whether you have kids or you're not, if you're male or female, it's just advocating for rights for everyone in the workplace. And it's doing things that are going to benefit everyone, like paid family leave, setting people up to come back stronger so that when they get to work, maybe they've had more time at home to create that bond and feel okay about coming back to work and they Mm -hmm. can be in a better headspace so that they're not constantly feeling like they need to step out and go to these things. I think there are some basic things we can do. And then it's also just, I think with time, hopefully it's that perspective shift Mm -hmm. of working moms are just as, if not more valuable than, you know, other team members. They have different skill sets that they develop as like managers of tiny people at (laughs) home. Like they learn how to just think differently. And I think just you know, changing how we think about moms and it it not, I think actually not even using it as a qualifier of a person's capability, because regardless of what they do kind of outside, why should that impact how we view them Mm -hmm. in the workplace? I also think back to what you were saying earlier about some of your former coworkers feeling like, oh, I can't leave because I had this. And there's almost a two-sided coin of looking at that too. So if you have a new working mom who comes and there's a team happy hour or something. She's like, oh, I can't. I've got to be home and be with the kids. Like, I'm not going to go to this. People are like, oh, well, you know, she's going to be with her kids. She's not involved. She's not participating. But then if she's like, oh, no, I'm going to come to happy hour. Like, I got a babysitter or whatever. People are like, wow, she's not taking care of your kids. Yeah, who's taking care of your kids? She's not spending time with them. She's really, she's prioritizing going to a happy hour. Mm -hmm. Just leave us alone. (laughs) Well, I mean, everyone has opinions. Yeah. And it's so much of their own projections onto others. Totally. But you mentioned parental leave, and this is something that I've been so adamant about in discussing with my friends, especially who are males. And, you know, maternity leave in some companies is great, in Mm -hmm. some companies is not great. And- Same with paternity leave. My husband had two weeks. I'm like, that's a sick joke. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. And because then it all inherently falls on me. And I had one friend whose husband had a very long offering of paternity leave and he barely took it. And I was like, you, why? Why? And he's like, well, if I took it, then I would fall behind on everything and I would, it would hurt me in bonus. I'm like, but you have to understand that you have that option to then be like, I'm not going to fully take it. Whereas a female who just gave birth, they're not going to have that option because you have to recover. Like you're going to take the whole maternity leave. And I really believe that parental leave should be mandated. Like it should not be an option. If you have a company dedicated time, you have to take it male or female. Because the males, assuming a heteronormative relationship, the males are so much more easily able to be like, well, I'm just going to go back because like my body's fine. I don't have to recover in that way. Like, oh, we can get help. My job's really important. Whereas a female is going through a recovery mentally, physically, the experience of like nurturing this child early on. They don't necessarily have that same option. And so it's always going to hurt 
right. the female in a corporate world. Right. Because she, just like he's talking about falling behind or missing out on bonus right. potential or whatever, she is also facing that yeah. just with the added bonus of her body being <laughs> destroyed. It makes me so angry. And I really think that that's one thing that like companies should implement. Is it just being mandated across the board? Like whatever the time is, you you cannot come home, come back earlier. Yeah. Because if men have it and don't take it, companies see that as that's not a necessary benefit. Exactly. And then there's no real reason for them to consider pushing other benefits for moms. And then I think this extends into all kinds of, you know, birth situations, adoption, different things where people, Mm -hmm. the time isn't just for mom's bodies to recover. It's for, you know, building your family, connection connection with your baby, getting used to that Mm -hmm. and just kind of establishing this next chapter of your life. And I think it's really frustrating and disappointing that so many dads check out and go back. What it almost makes me wonder is if men, when they're at home, realize how hard it is and it's easier for them to go back to work because they can just emotionally check out of that. And they're like, this is messy and I'm uncomfortable. So I'm going to go back to my little desk and do my typing and I'll be back. I mean, my husband and I even had this conversation when he went back to work after two weeks. He was like, this is 110% easier than what you're doing. Yeah. Like no questions asked. And I also think it's important for us to say, you mentioned like even if it's adopting or, you know, same sex couples face this even in a more complex way when Mm -hmm. it comes to work and parental leave. Obviously, some companies have policies in line for that. I know there was a big actual lawsuit at my old company, like right after I left dealing with all of this. So things are definitely starting to change, but it's something that is really, I mean, even for me, like self-employed, I I got a few messages like, well, why don't you take FHMLA or I forget. FMLA. FMLA. And if you're a business owner, I did not, if you create, it's something like if you create your LLC within six months of delivering, then you qualify or something. But if you don't, you will. You have to do the two years of paying a specific tax towards that, which I never freaking oh, wow. knew. I created my LLC when I was 27, like 26. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Like I had no concept. And so I hadn't been paying the specific tax mm. to go towards that benefit. So I wasn't eligible for mm. FMLA. So it's even that, like, then self-employed people, there's no real policy. I just feel like it's all so confusing and our country specifically, especially when I get messages from people in Canada, like, just specifically Canada, they're like, you guys have it so backwards. Like, yeah. what are you even talking about that this is parental leave over there? I want to touch base on, you mentioned something, like, a while back where you were like, if these things happen, it kind of throws me off kilter. What do you feel you've implemented whether it's in your day-to-day, whether it's in your every hour, every week, whatever, that helps you that a working corporate mom listening to this can be like, I need to start implementing that to hopefully help. Like I know for me, it's having a bit of my morning to myself, but I know everyone is different. Like are there tactical pieces of advice that you have found have helped you navigating this world? Yeah, and I'd say that this is – more applicable to people who are working from home, but I've got one for you if you're in the office too. If you're working from home, I try to use focus time blocks on my calendar. And that sounds like a basic tool, but for a lot of people, I think, oh, let's just put the block on and then they're going to use that time to actually focus and work on their list. For me, 
it's giving me space to kind of decompress between meetings or calls that I have, whether it's a 30-minute block or an hour. I can then do a brain dump on my notepad and all my post-its because I can't use a digital (laughs) organizational tool to save my life. I have post-its and notepads everywhere. I'm just brain dumping everything that I need to get done the rest of the day. And I'm giving myself kind of some buffer space if I need to go sit on my back porch and be outside for a minute to kind of reset after a difficult conversation or if I want to go get a snack or if I just want to sit there and let myself be distracted for a few minutes. It's time where no one's really going to bother me and I can just kind of like be a like a gargoyle and like hunched (laughs) hunched there in my little chair just for a few minutes. And I think that having those kind of like little sanity breaks scheduled throughout the day makes it easier so that I'm not getting off track all throughout the day because without those times I'm in back-to-back meetings I'll have four 30-minute meetings in a row and then I don't have time for lunch and then I have something else and then I'm freaking out and almost by like 2 p.m. I'm shot and I can't get anything else done so I found that I schedule those for myself and they're kind of non-negotiable people can't schedule over them even if I sit there and stare at the wall for 30 minutes it's <laughs> it's my time and space in the day because as much as I would like to be a morning person who wakes up at five o'clock and journals and meditates and does all of that, it's, I mean, 20 years of working on this, it's not going to happen. No, this is the thing though. Like some people are morning people and some people are not. And if you're not a morning person, you cannot force yourself to be one. Yes, correct. I wholeheartedly stand by that. Like I've just always woken up early. That's who my body, my family, like that's just who I am. If the same reason I go to bed at 10. Like, I'm mind blown by my one friend who's working until two in the morning every night. She's like, that's my me time. It's when I'm creative. And that I would never be able to do that. Similarly, how she would never be able to wake up at 530. Yeah, I'm a monster in the mornings, but that's me (laughs) at night. I is when kind of the juices flow. And then if you're still in an office and working through this, I think do kind of the 45-15 rule for myself, and I I would before I started working from home, is every 45 minutes, try to spend 15 minutes working on something different. Just give yourself something else to focus on that might be for your personal life or something that you have been brainstorming about at work that's not related to the project you're working on, just to give yourself kind of a break of whatever it is that might be frustrating you or give yourself those 15 minutes to, you know, kind of reflect on the day before of, you know, I didn't like how this went with my kids last night or I snapped at my partner and you're just giving yourself 15 minutes to kind of check check out. And that's for me because if I get thrown off my schedule and I'm interrupted by these unexpected things, it's harder for me to reset. So if I have little pauses like that, I kind of give myself like lots of do-overs for the day <laughs> so I can try to change the trajectory throughout the day. I love that advice. Now that I'm starting to feel a bit more like myself and dipping my toes back into the waters of re-entering my social life, I've been playing around with my makeup look and have been heavily relying on some of my staple products from one of my favorite brands, Ilia. I love Ilia because they are a skincare-powered makeup. They see skincare and makeup as one, and their potent formulas are designed with active levels of skincare ingredients that shield skin from environment stressors. This way, makeup is truly improving your skin over time. Lately, I have been absolutely loving their liquid powder eye tint. I have not owned an eyeshadow in a handful of years, but this product has been a key to my makeup routine lately. I love that it comes in so many shades, both matte and chromatic, and is a cream to powder eyeshadow that dries down to a smudge-resistant finish. 
I think the thing I dislike most about eyeshadow is the application, but this bottle and stick glides like a cream, swipes on effortlessly, and locks in without budging or fading. I specifically love the chromatic color burnish. If you want to try their hero product though, that would be the Super Serum Skin Tint SPF 40, the number one bestseller that has thousands of five-star reviews online and gives you a clean skin tint with light dewy coverage. Plus, it comes in 30 shades and a real human will shade match you on their website once you submit a selfie. If you're interested in trying any of their products, visit iliabeauty.com and use code Cameron at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's I-L-I-A beauty.com. Use code Cameron for 15% off your first order. The other day, someone asked me my top recommendations for products to get through the first trimester of pregnancy. And it got me thinking on creating a list to share with everyone because I know firsthand how difficult those weeks can be. One of the products that played a huge role in my daily survival was Element. For me, the idea of drinking water made me just want to gag during the beginning of my pregnancy. And then I was left with killer headaches thanks to the lack of water-induced dehydration. That is why I so heavily relied on my morning Element specifically the citrus salt flavor and served ice cold as it was the only way I could stomach any form of liquid at the time. Whether you are struggling with drinking enough water, drinking too many glasses of wine, working out, or simply keeping an active lifestyle, it is so important to replenish electrolytes. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 100 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cameron. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Cameron. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back, no questions asked, so you really have nothing to lose. You have mentioned now like getting thrown off a bit and I know that you have ADHD. Yes. And it's a part of your content that I deeply resonate with as someone – I was diagnosed when I was younger. I went on medication. I didn't like the way it made me feel. So I haven't been medicated since. And I recently was speaking about it with my psychiatrist specifically in like the postpartum Mm -hmm. phase about how I've kind of like – not even purposefully because it started when I was young, but integrated these ways of navigating my life where I've kind of somehow worked with it, but Mm -hmm. that isn't always the case. Mm -hmm. What do you find is the hardest aspect of being a parent with ADHD? Without a doubt, it's just the emotional self-regulation. I feel like I don't have the tunnel like of, how the feelings are going to go and then they rise and rise and rise and then they get to whatever the feeling is. I have like a trap door that just flies open and I have a really hard time self-regulating my emotions, especially if my child is having a hard time Mm -hmm. self-regulating their emotions. They literally don't know how to. I do. I just physically struggle to be able to do it. So I think the most challenging times for me are when my kids are having really big feelings and expressing them really loudly, like the screaming, tantrum crying, things like that. 
I go from zero to 100 and feel like it sounds weird, but I almost feel like my throat is closing up sometimes with that. And I get like itchy and anxious feeling. And I get this instant feeling of like, if you talk about fight or flight, like flight, like I need to like eject from the situation. And recently it's gotten a lot better. I've been therapy. I'm working on it, but it would result in me yelling at my kids who are tiny and don't know what they're doing to me, not to me. They just don't know how to process what's happening. Or I just leave. I walk out. I tell my husband, I'm like, I can't deal with this, which I really struggled with for a long time because I would say to myself, okay, my kids are a mirror of me. I'm getting angry at them for being kids and for being who I am. So I felt like I was like, wow, I didn't expect to get emotional about this. This is an emotional topic. I found myself getting angry about core traits of myself that were Mm -hmm. showing up in my kids. And so it's taken a lot of work to really process, like, how can I give myself the tools to better manage myself when they're experiencing this? Because it's my responsibility to help them experience things in this way and teach them tools and ways to properly manage. And I couldn't do that if I wasn't able to do it for myself. I can relate so deeply to what you're saying because I know even if my son gets really frustrated by something and I watch him go from this calm, even keel to like not being able to open something or turn a page in his book and he gets really frustrated and he'll throw it or something, I'm like, that's how I feel sometimes. Like I, I totally can relate to those emotions. What are some tools that you think have helped you navigate this experience? Yeah. Well, for starters, this isn't applicable to everyone, but I've recently had a lot of conversations with my doctor about the right medication Mm -hmm. that I'm on. And then some of the basics that I was flat out disregarding were proper sleep. So it's always worse when I'm not sleeping enough. So really forcing myself to try to get the right amount of sleep. And as someone with ADHD, I made an impulse purchase about an I was actually going to ask you about that. I saw it on your finger. I've gotten obsessed with looking at my sleep. And I think it's helpful because for me, it's like a motivator, like, oh, I have to have a good sleep score. So working on my sleep and exercise. So Mm -hmm. I have found that getting back into the gym, specifically for me, is my outlet versus what I was doing before, which was like Pilates whenever I felt like it. But just regular and consistent exercise, I feel is a really good release for me. And I can always notice a difference if I've gone to the gym that day with how I am with my kids, which to me is kind of wild. But then on a smaller scale, I had a really eye-opening conversation with my husband in the fall of last year. Like I yelled about something. It was so dumb that I can't remember what it was. And he gave me kind of a look that like stopped me in my tracks. We've been together for 13 years, married nine. Like he knows every part of me. And he gave me this look and I was like, I felt like he was so disappointed in that moment. I know this exact feeling. Yes. And it was like that look gave me this, it was almost like I had an out-of-body experience and I'm looking down at the room. I'm seeing my three-year-old crying. I'm yelling about something stupid. And he's just watching it like, who is this person Mm -hmm. talking to our children in this way? And in that moment, I was like, no matter how hard it is, I have to start. I have to start working on this. I will not raise my kids this way. I am not going to be this parent. And so daily, 
by the hour, by the minute sometimes, it's snapping rubber band on my wrist or doing things that are distracting. Pulling back in almost. Yep. And one that's really hard for me is if I'm driving and they're both in their car seats screaming or yelling about something, I will turn my music up louder or I will do like pinching between your thumb and your finger. I, I just do things. Most people are probably like, oh, these are mindfulness exercises or something. I'm like, just get my brain to think about at least one other thing at the mm-hmm. time so that I don't kind of fly off the handle. And then in therapy, I've also been working on just, you know, how can I be breathing differently during those moments? Or I'll try things like if they are really, and I'm getting the throat feeling, mm-hmm. I'll try to make myself laugh or make them laugh. I'll start like answering them in song voice or I'll start whispering. Sometimes the whispering is to calm myself down. Yeah. But it's just anything I can do to not react that way. And what feels crazy to me is that I'm not an angry person. It's just I feel like I don't have an, a middle ground of the emotions that I'm feeling because I'm that way with happiness and that way with a lot of other things too. But I think the ADHD component of that is just that executive dysfunction, the the regulation piece. It's just I don't have like the, I don't have the yellow light. Yeah. I also think that like there's a whole level of being overstimulated and yeah. then there's being overstimulated with children yes. because I used to feel overstimulated like when I'd go home and all of that just because there's always so much going on in my house. And then after becoming a mom and adding my own child into that mix, the overstimulation is just this like next level. I mean, you know, I say this all the time, like there are all these things where it's like, we don't have battery-operated toys in our house because we're Montessori. I don't have battery-operated toys in my house because they literally send me through the roof. Yeah. Like, any toy that comes our way with batteries, I'm immediately, like, it's going off so that he never knows there's a turn-on yeah. aspect of it. Like, the that type of noise is what will feel like I'm going insane. And I think it's this combination of the – Noise that comes with a child, Mm -hmm. just inevitably, but then also the needs that come with the child and then trying to meet our own needs. And then you throw work on top of it. And then you throw relationships and marriages and friendships. And it's this feeling of constantly trying to do 20 things at once Yeah, that like then if my dog brushes up my leg in the wrong way, I'm like, what's going to send you over? The bark. (laughs) The barking of my dog in our new house. (laughs) Oh my God. Like that's what is like, I'm like, Charlie, like that, that'll be my final straw. Or I always say like stepping in something wet with a sock on. Like, (gasps) yes. Oh my God. That'll ruin your whole day. That's like the final thing. So for me, like really, if you are a morning person, that's why I have my mornings to myself because it sets this tone for the day where it's me time. It's quiet. And I actually got in an argument with my husband because this was the me time that I had, right? And then he started working out early in the mornings too before his son got up so he could spend time with him in the mornings as well, which like love that for you. But he's on the Peloton with no headphones in and I'm trying to do my like at-home workout with headphones in. But I still hear like right. whoever, he like the Peloton instructor yelling at him to go faster up an interval and there's like music blaring and my workouts are much calmer now in my life. Yeah. And I was just like, this is too much. Like, no, 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 no. So I really think like setting time for yourself is so freaking vital 
so vital. And then I love the aspects that you even said of like, you know, whether it's snapping a bracelet or squeezing right there or like I know some people have fidget rings. Mm -hmm. I definitely also do breath work. And I also think, you know, especially with a young, young baby, I always remember my doctor telling us this where it's like if your baby is safe in a crib or like a car seat in the house, somewhere that they cannot hurt themselves. Yep and they are crying, and you need to simply take a beat outside of the room for yourself and put headphones on for a minute to regroup, Yep, that is okay. A hundred percent. And I don't think enough of us do that, especially in that early stage of mm-hmm. life. And then that can lead to feeling worse or doing something that we don't want to do or yelling or snapping on whoever it might be. So I always feel like that was helpful advice that my pediatrician said. Yeah, I I love that. And I wish I would have done that sooner. With both of my kids, I had an eight-week maternity leave. Series of nothing. It it was nothing. Somehow I managed to find out I was pregnant within a day of starting two separate jobs. Um, So don't recommend that one. But I found myself not stepping out of the room. I would sit in the rocker in the dark, crying, sobbing, holding a sobbing baby. And I was getting angry and and raging and yelling at my husband and just getting mad and and being frustrated by everything. And this was even with my first son, so I didn't even have anything else mm-hmm. going on. And when I spoke to my doctor at the time, he gave me the same advice, but he also, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not sad though. Like, I don't understand. And he was like, no, it's it's rage. That's that's how it's manifesting. Yeah, which for, is very for real. You. Yeah. And I wish I would have saved myself so much heartache and pain and frustration if I had just given myself the permission to just, he's safe, he's fine, he's changed, he cannot mm-hmm. move, go outside for one minute. Yeah, just take a beat. Take a beat. So- This has all been so helpful, but I also want to plug The Corporate Mama because I love the content you're doing. Thank you. So what do you feel like brings you joy with your page and like why do you keep doing it? Because you've got so much going on. Like you must enjoy. I do. What is is it that brings you back? I think it's the just community of women that I've built on across my platforms. I really look forward to connecting and and chatting with them and just sharing my experience. I think I am certainly not an expert on work dynamics or things with HR or employment rights or how to get the best, you know, pregnancy or maternity leave from your work, but I am there to be your friend at work who doesn't know your boss and who doesn't know anyone else on your team that you can come be yourself too. You can come tell me that you were crying on the floor last night and you're trying to get through your meeting, or you can tell me that you're nervous about asking for a raise. And I want to be there to give you real commentary and not this like, this is how it's in the corporate world. Yeah. But I, I just want to be there and cheer for you and support you and be the friend that I wish I had had when I first became a mom while I was working. Well, I love your content so much. I think it's hilarious on one end and then also like incredibly relatable and inspiring on the other. So you cover a huge gambit of things. Thank you. For everyone who's listening who wants more of you and wants to support you, where can they do that? Find me on Instagram and TikTok, both at the corporate mama, M-A-M-A. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.